If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR. Let's build a better business together. You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. Have you ever wanted to have more balance in your life in the midst of busy days and competing priorities? Well, this week's guest on the Business Life and Coffee Show is here to help you find just that. Michael Cohen is affectionately known as Mukunda, and he's dedicated to helping his clients and students find balance in all aspects of their lives, emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical. He's a certified health coach, certified life coach, and a 500-hour registered yoga teacher and certified Vedic Thai yoga bodywork practitioner who works with others to help them restore balance in their lives by helping them to make healthier and more conscious lifestyle choices. He's also left the corporate job and found his stride in the holistic wellness area. So we're going to talk about balance. We're going to talk about Michael, and we're going to help you become more rounded and balanced in your professional, personal, and spiritual endeavors. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, what's going on, Joe? How are you doing, buddy? Or do you go by Joey? I do. Joey's good. Yep. Yep. So he's cool. How's, yeah. How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. I, we, we were talking offline earlier, and you know, it's just there's a lot going on in my life with uh, business, professional, and um, a lot of things kicking off in the fall. So this this conversation is very timely um, to, to to talk about balance and how to stay grounded and connected. Okay, so yeah, let's have a great conversation. I think the best conversations are ones that just flow naturally and. I love being on radio shows and podcasts like yours. So hopefully I can offer a few knowledge bombs for your audience. Oh, awesome. Looking forward to that. And let's start with, with the first one. So you are a certified uh, yoga teacher, registered yoga teacher. And mm-hmm. how, what is, what is yoga? Just the, the definition of yoga and how can it help a person live a better life? All right. Yoga, yoga can't be fit into a box. See, um, as Westerners, we like to try to fit yoga into this nice little package with a bow on top and say, this is yoga and that over there is not yoga. And yoga just doesn't work like that. Yoga is a form or of practice or spirituality or exercise that will confuse, confound, and contradict every person out there. 
And one person who, you know, for Western language, as an expert in yoga, will have one definition of yoga, and someone else will have a different definition of what yoga is. And both those definitions can be right, and both those definitions can be wrong, or they both can be right at the same time. And that's kind of like the first thing. So you can't put it into a box. It doesn't fit. But simply put, yoga translates as to yoke or to bring union to whatever practice you're doing. So in the simplest text, what that means by the, what the, the sages or the spiritual teachers have taught us, yoga is a spiritual mind, body, and soul connection that this physical body, your mental mind, and your, and your soul are in line or in union. And when you have that state of union, is when you become enlightened or you find what's called bliss. And different traditions have different terms for it, like the Buddha, the Buddhist tradition calls it nirvana, and the yogis call it samadhi, and the Hindus call it moksha or liberation. And so the goal of yoga, of what yoga means, is to try to find that mind body soul connection. So, in the midst of a person having a busy schedule or busy life, being able to practice yoga is sort of a, a centering and a rebalance, so to speak. Well, you use the word perfectly, practice. So you practice yoga. You don't do yoga. Like people, you know, people do sports, but we practice yoga. And so it's an ever-endeavored practice to find that what we call balance. And so most people, when they're living their busy lives, the way they can practice yoga is they go to a gym or a studio and they put out a yoga mat and they go through a series of postures that give them the uh, ability to learn to slow down their nervous system, move through some exercise poses that increases their endorphins, and hopefully find a little bit of space to breathe. And that, what happens through that, it allows the mind to begin to unravel and relax. And then through that process, then they're, be able, they're able to sort of allow their brain to be able to kind of start to work through the subconscious thought patterns that are going on in their mind due to overstimulation of, you know, media, iPhones, and work. And they're able to then kind of see what's going on underneath and see where they need to kind of pull back in their life and to create a little bit more uh, connection to living more healthy, more mindful. So yes, yoga is a practice to uncover that. And then it can splinter into different directions where it can be, what is my purpose? What am I here to do? Or how do I live life? Or how can I interact with the world better? Or how can I find harmony with my spouse or my partner or my loved ones? Or how can I be a better employee or better boss at work? Yoga is a tool used to become a better person. That's interesting. And I practice yoga from time to time. I, I prefer Bikram, hot. Like I love the that, that spectrum of, of yoga. But it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about it um, so knowledgeably because for so long, I and possibly others listening have always considered yoga to be more about 
uh, physical fitness, but to hear you mm-hmm. talk, it's it's also about mental wellness as well, m- mental clarity. So that's that's a pretty well, interesting breakthrough. Well, yoga and the teachings of yoga, and there's many different teachings of yoga behind the physical practice of yoga, is the original self-help book, the original self-help like like lifestyle guidebook. And the two primary texts of yoga are the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali and the Bhagavad Gita. And the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, the second verse in the first book, which is sort of like these like mantras, says, Yoga Chitta Vritti Narodaha. Through the sensations of the fluctuation of the mind, one obtains the perfection of yoga, which means that you no longer have the high and low points in your mind and in your life. You no longer are suffering through self-doubt and insecurity, and you no longer have this state of like, you know, ecstasy and depression, sadness and despair, happiness and sadness. And when you obtain that equipose in your mind is when you obtain the perfection of yoga. And the rest of the yoga sutras explain how to do that. And that's one book. And the other main yoga textbook is the Bhagavad Gita, which is a book on yoga, on the spiritual practice of yoga. And the Bhagavad Gita translates as the Song of God. And it basically is a conversation between God and his one disciple, Arjuna, on what does it mean to be a human being in the material world, how to practice yoga, what does it mean to live the life of a yogi, and ultimately how to develop a spiritual practice of love and devotion to a higher pur- to God or a higher pers- purpose in life. And so the Bhagavad Gita discusses like that you as a person is are born with a purpose in life and your purpose in life is uncovered through the practice of yoga and when you uncover your purpose in life you're able then to serve others and make the world a better place because what yoga teaches you is happiness doesn't come from finding your passion happiness doesn't come from finding pleasure happiness in life comes when you find your purpose and that purpose is called dharma. And when you understand your purpose, then you're able to live with live your truth or your authentic self. And then when you're able to live your authentic self, you're able to then understand what it means to have like a higher power, divinity, who has many names. And then through that, you're able to then understand that we are all one, come from one place. We just have different paths. And through those paths, we reach the same destination. And when you have that purpose in life, you're able to help others reach that per- that path, that destination. Mm. And that's what yoga is all about. Well, I think you're, you're going to see a lot of folks signing up for, for yoga um, off of this conversation. Where do you practice uh, if our listeners are interested? Oh, sorry, where, not just where do you practice. Where do you teach and coach um, for our listeners that well, might be I, interested? So- yeah, yeah, no worries. So I teach yoga in New Jersey, in the United States, in central New Jersey. Um, and I teach in a couple of yoga studios. I teach at this yoga studio called Onyx Yoga School in Warren, New Jersey. And I teach at another yoga school called Vibe Yoga Lounge in Chester, New Jersey. And then I do all my counseling over the phone. So I do a lot of life, I do a lot of like life coaching, spiritual coaching, and uh, spiritual counseling uh, through one-on-one sessions 
over the phone because that's where most people want to interact instead of going to a place. See, I don't work with, I don't, I'm not a therapist. So I don't, I don't work with people that have like, you know, deep rooted psychological issues in terms of like, you know, like abuse or, you know, eating disorders. I will work with someone in conjunction with a therapist, but I primarily work with functional adults that either are stuck in a like negative lifestyle, whether it's eating overweight or toxic relationships or stuck in their career or they're stuck in a life that they don't want to live. And I help them through spiritual teachings of yoga, uh, life coaching skills, like, you know, goal setting, mindful living and spirituality and teaching them how to unlock their potential to live the life that they want to live. So, and, and where can our, our listeners go to connect with you for your life coaching? Well, the easiest thing for them to do is they can just go to my website, yourwellnessyogi.com. And I, as I do with every, every radio show, I always offer a free circle of life quiz, which basically is a simple quiz that if they go to yourwellnessyogi.com backslash life and coffee, they can basically uh, get a free quiz that will help them kind of find what areas of their life that are in balance. And this is like they have like 10 major points in the social life, joy, spirituality, creativity, finance, career, education, health, physical activity, home cooking, home environment, and relationships. And basically when they take this quiz, they can understand what areas of their life they're really satisfied in and what areas of their life that they're unsatisfied in. And then after taking that quiz, they get a free career goal-setting workbook that will help them create goals to increase the areas of their life that they're unsatisfied in. And then if they would like some coaching after that, they can always spell out a, a simple coaching, like first name, last name, email address, phone number, and we can set up and have a deeper conversation if they want to go further from that. Awesome. Awesome. And again, we are joined with Michael Cohen, who is a certified and registered yoga teacher, life coach, health coach, and we're talking about centeredness and wellness. Now, let's let's turn the focus on on you, Michael. Now, you left a corporate job, and you left that all behind, and you built a health and wellness business from scratch with no initial investment. How did you do it? <laughs> yeah, I had no money when I started out. I, I when I left my corporate job. I thought I was going to be this rock star yoga teacher and I thought I was going to be making all this money because I've been practicing yoga for 15 years and I had a re I have a really nice like practice. I can do a handstand in the middle of the room. I can do all these arm balances and I failed and fell on my face and I had to move home and clean yoga mats making $8 an hour to try to build a yoga business. And so I had no money and they just started and the journey started when I looked at myself in the mirror and said, wow. I'm really failing here. I need to learn how to build this business. And I started listening to podcasts like yours. And I would learn different little skills and hacks to build my business. And it's just any, any business is like building a house. Or you just have to start. And you don't have to jump all in like I did. And if I had to do my business over again, I would never have jumped all in. I would have 
pivoted and sidestepped and slowly built my business while maintaining my job. And I would have gotten to where I'm at now faster because I would have the resources to build my brand. And so you just start simple. You start with building a website. You create a website. And if you don't know how to work do a website and you can't do WordPress, there are plenty of free, there are plenty of affordable platforms like Squarespace and Wix. But if you're going to build a website nowadays, definitely do WordPress because you can buy a decent WordPress like platform for like a hundred bucks and it's a drag and drop WordPress platform. And then you create an email list and you start building your email list. You want to build your email list because that's where you're going to interact with your audience. And then from there, you just start getting your message out there. You either write a blog or you do a video blog or you start doing a podcast and don't expect to make money doing this. This is where people, this is why people in our business fail or people in or a world fail. They, they think that they're supposed to go from zero to hundred K in like a very short period of time. And they don't realize that it takes a long period of time. You're, you become an overnight success after five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. The teachings of yoga and any entrepreneur will say it takes about 10,000 hours to be good at anything that you're going to do. Yoga, the yoga teachers say this, business books say this. And so you as an entrepreneur need to understand it's going to take you many years to build your business and you can't compare yourself to the people that are already successful because you don't see what they did to get there. And so when you start your business, whether it's, you know, a brick and mortar or an online business, you got to add free value to your audience. You got to write a blog, do a podcast or do a video blog. And it doesn't have to be anything great. It could be just a simple three paragraph blog on what you're good at and what you're an expert at and share it with your audience. And if you do that long enough over a period of time, you will create, you will get good at it and you'll create followers. And the trick is to do that without being any expectations that you just do it because you want to do it. And then when you're not attached to it and you do it with integrity, you get momentum over time and then you're able to build your business where figure there and I hope I am and if you have any questions please ask awesome yeah I um well I definitely agree you don't become an overnight success right away it takes those 10,000 hours it takes the hustle it takes the grit it takes trial and error uh I I followed that same path of blogging and emailing and building a listserv and uh I'd say it took about the first year, <laughs> the first year was like, oh, my gosh, you know, why am I doing this? And then the second year, get some buzz, get some traction, build relationships. And then around that second or third year is when there was really a pivot. So you've got to go through at least 700 days before, you know, the, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And if you're not willing and ready to, to commit to that for yourself, um, then maybe, you know, I, I'd, I'd wait a little bit before jumping into entrepreneurship because it, it can be rough. It, it can be tough. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard work. Yep. And, you know, personally, this whole mindset, there's too much in my, there's too much. It's, it's really, it's really easy. 
and it's very fun and it's very exciting to go onto YouTube and have these like you know motivational gurus that say quit your job, find your passion, and you'll be successful in life. And that's just not true. It's it's it, it, it that's that's a great thing to sell. And yeah, I can get on stage and have people cheering and say, quit your job, I quit my job, and I did what I wanted to do, and I found my passion, and I'm a millionaire, woo! <laughs> and it's cool to cheer that, right? Like, it feels good, and I don't know if any, but that's just not reality. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, if, if you want to do something, and you, you want to build something, you've got to do the work. And so... If, if your audience is an entrepreneurship and you want to run a business, you've got to become an expert at it. And too many people out there don't want to do the work and they don't want to do the trainings and they don't want to do the schooling. They want to be the exception. They don't want to be the general rule. And 90% of us are the rule, not the exception. And so this is why like, I'm on my third certification as a life coach. And I'm going to do another certification when I'm, this, when I'm done with this. And after this certification, I want to do my NLP training. And after my NLP training, I want to do my Enneagram training. And because I'm coming an expert in life coaching. And I, the reason why I became a successful yoga teacher is because I practiced yoga for 15 years. And I, and I have multiple trainings in yoga. I have physical therapy training. I have advanced therapy training. I have 500 hours of yoga training along with other specialized yoga teacher training programs. And because of that, I'm able to charge money to, to work with me as a private yoga instructor. And I had to put in the effort to get there. And that was a lot of study. Yeah, there was so whatever you do, you got to really, really do the hard work behind the scenes instead of just being instead of jumping all in and hoping it's all going to work out. Yeah, you, and that's just the reality. I totally, I totally agree. There was a quote that I saw. Um, I can't remember who said it or who to attribute it to, but it, it was a a person over dinner, and it was a, a client and a a business owner, and the client asked the business person a question, and so the business owner was able to resolve the question or resolve the, the question with an answer and solve the problem, um, but had this really high fee. And the customer asked, well, why do I have to pay you X amount of dollars and you solve this in five minutes? And the, the business owner replies, that answer didn't take five minutes. That answer took 10 years of my life. And so it, it ties into the fact that we as experts, you, I, other um, successful entrepreneurs, you know, it's not that you're paying for that moment or that hour or that interaction or that project. You're paying to have the privilege of all these years of experience focused on your particular issue. Um, so that, that quote and that, that scenario really, really stood out to me. I'll, I'll never forget it. <laughs> well, I mean, we live in a world where everybody does everything. The world, you know, unless you're really niche special and you create something super unique, that's like, you know, the next, you know, Facebook, everybody has a bazillion apps. Everybody's a life coach. Everybody's a health coach. Everybody's a yoga teacher. Everybody's an expert in photography. I mean, there's this, the world, there's just so many people 
who do the same thing you do, whatever it is. I mean, like, there's just not a lot of original ideas out there. And so if you are going to be in a field, you're going to be in a field that because of the Internet, because of, you know, social media and technology, there are a, a, a million other people competing for you in the same business now. And so you better be the best and the smartest at it and know your subject matter better than everybody else out there. But at the same time, you've got to ask for what you're worth and you can't give yourself away for free. I have a yoga teacher friend of mine who has done the same trainings I have done. She did the same 200 hour training. I did the same 500 hour training. I did the same hundred hour uh, therapeutic training. I did the same yin training. I did the same pre and postnatal training. I did the same body work training. We've been studying together for years. She did the same integrative nutritional health coaching I did. She did the same strategic life coaching. We've just been study partners. She charges $60 for a life coaching session. I charge twice as much, if not more. I charge actually, I want to raise my rates this fall again. And she doesn't because she does not believe in her wealth, her her worth. And I'm always like, why? Mm. And so she has a struggling business. Because nobody goes to her because nobody views her value. Nobody, they, they, don't, they don't think she has anything to offer. But because I charge what I charge and I, want it, and I consider myself actually on the low end still and I want to raise my rates even more, I get business because I know what my value is because I've studied. And if you don't offer your worth, then you're, so, you're going to also struggle also. You have to know what you're worth and you have to have the courage to ask for it. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And that is a a business lesson. It's also a life lesson uh, that is very, very real and relatable to uh, to anyone who is wondering about negotiating salary, negotiating prices for their business, negotiating, shoot, even, you know, within their within their relationships and the the relationships and the boundaries that they have in their lives. Um, and, And this leads me to my next question here, which is. Why, why is change and personal growth difficult for people, and, and why do most people fail in achieving their dreams and goals? Can you ask me that question in a minute? I wanted to follow up with the previous thing real quick. Absolutely. And go then ahead. we can go into Is that cool? Yep, totally. So as entrepreneurs, and this is like really a, a, a big lesson that I learned, and this is why my business is going to the next level. Most people out there have imposter syndrome. They see people on stage, like think of the biggest life coaches or health coaches or business entrepreneurs out there, like the Gary Vanderchecks and the Lewis Howes and the Tim Ferrisses, which if your audience listening to the podcast, they know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, totally. And they compare themselves to those people. So you compare, so you have imposter syndrome, but you don't have imposter syndrome of the good way of fake it to your make it. You have the imposter syndrome that you don't view your worth to the other people out there because you're comparing and contrasting yourself to others. You see other people out there in this world, whatever, and you see them at the highest level. And my marketing director 
you know, pointed out when I was, I, I just hired a marketing director. It's my first, it's my second employee. Mm-hmm. So I've hired my second employee and I hired a marketing director from India who's working on building, raising my brand to my next level. Congrats. And he, he, thank you. And he asked me to do market research. And so I gave him a list of 20 brands in my field as coaches that are like the top of the field. And he looked at it and he said, wow, we have a lot of work to do. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Those are the million dollar brands I want to get to. I'm not there right now, but that's where I want to go. And I'm just as good as they are. They just have more resources to build their brand, to get their knowledge out there. And because they're around this information more, because they have the resources to go to workshops and go to seminars. But you have to realize whatever field you're in, you are an expert and you know more than 90% of the people around you. So you can't compare yourself to those million dollar brands. You have to have the courage to know that you have value and you have to put yourself out there and you have to ask what you're worth and have the courage to continually strive to become that million dollar brand and not believe that you can't get there. And you have to have that imposter syndrome of I'm just as good as those million dollar brands. I just need to learn how to get my message out there as good as they do. I agree. And when you have that courage and that belief and that conviction and the willingness to study, the willingness to learn and the willingness to keep working harder, you will get there no matter what it is guaranteed, Mm. but you can't give up and you can't have that limiting belief. You can't compare yourself to other people. Can't go on social media and look at those people out there that are Facebook bombing their happy life, the complete farce that we all know is farce. And we can't go on social media and look at the Instagram photos of the Instagram models and the Instagram people thinking that they're living this great life that we all know is BS. We have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm worth something and I'm going to share it. And I'm going to make the world a better place with my vision and not worry about what other people think or say about myself. And when you do that, you'll get there. Yeah. That's, that's now on. we can talk about the next time. <laughs> well, now I'm, I've, I'm bringing up, a, you, you got me thinking here. And, and, you know, at times we are our own worst critic. And that compounded, on, compounded with, um, so you're your own worst critic. And then you also want to wait to, sometimes we want to wait to release things once they're perfect. And those two things, I think, really can hold someone back either from launching their business or launching something about their business because they're either worried that it's not perfect yet or that they personally think it sucks. But as you were saying, you know, you're still further along and further ahead than 99% of the people that you know. So just do it. Just do it. That was my biggest struggle because I lived in New York City. And I grew up practicing yoga in New York City with all these great famous yoga teachers. So I went, I practiced yoga next to Tim Ferriss. He used yeah. to go to the same school I went to. Wow. He doesn't know me, but I knew who he was. Oh, yeah. And I practiced, and, and I worked out in the same place that Lewis Howes did. And I know him. He doesn't know me. Wow. Right? And so when I was starting my business, because I knew who they were, I compared myself to them. And that held me back for a long time because I was like, oh, my God. I'm friends with them, the same people they're friends with on Facebook. So if I write a blog and I put it out there, everybody's going to make fun of me about it because they're going to say, who the hell are you to write a blog about, you know, mindful living, you know, 
you're not done to party. And that was my mind. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not guru. I'm not the teacher up on the stage. Who am I to write this blog? And it took me a long time to overcome, get over that fear of myself, that self-doubt, that limiting belief. Because I allowed that seed to be planted in my mind and I allowed it to take root instead of planting seeds in my mind of other thoughts. And this is why affirmations are so important. Like we have this, like we, in this, we make fun of it all the time. Like what's that Saturday Night Live skit, like Stuart Smiley. Yeah. You ever see it? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny <laughs> because what Stuart Smiley is doing is this saying, look in the mirror, say nice things about yourself and everything is going to work out. And it's funny because it's like what people talk about. Affirmations are the neuro-linguistic pathways of reprogramming your mind to achieve your dreams. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to look in the mirror every day and have an affirmation that I'm capable of achieving my goals and I am overcoming my limiting beliefs. And you have to have those affirmations, but you have to take action with those affirmations. And if you don't reprogram your mind through affirmations and take actions, something's always going to hold you back. And that's what, as entrepreneurs and as yogis, we have to do. Because we understand, we have to realize that like 90% of our thought patterns are subconscious. And most people, those subconscious thought patterns are negative because we're comparing ourselves to an image and a world that we can't live up to. And so we have to reprogram our mind with those thought patterns and take those negative thought patterns and overlay them with positive thought patterns. So when we say when we have that fear of achieving our dreams, we have to be like, no, I'm capable of accomplishing anything I set my mind to. And we have to keep saying that over and over again, over and over again. But then we have to, at the same time, take action. And it doesn't have to be big steps. It can be little steps like I tomorrow am going to start writing a blog a three paragraph blog once a week. And my goal is to write one to four blogs every month. And I'm going to take that one little step and have integrity with it and then do that and then have momentum with integrity. And then when you get used to writing a blog, then I'm, you're going to, then you pick the next thing and you go, well, I just did that and nobody made fun of me and that was easy. So let me take on the next project and I'm going to be, in, I'm going to have the next integrity and I'm, maybe I'm going to, post a video of me talking about something or I'm going to create a course and you keep building things with integrity and momentum at the same time having affirmations to encourage you to achieve your dreams. Otherwise you're stuck in neutral. Yeah. That's pretty powerful stuff. Any, any other, any other things or limiting factors that people have that prevent them from uh, achieving their dreams and goals? Well, this is why change is so hard. So now we'll bring it back to the original question. Yeah. See how I did that? Yep. That <laughs> You're a pro, man. You're I, I, a pro. I had that in my back of my mind. So, <laughs> like, I don't know how much time. Change is really hard for a couple reasons. And usually for me to really get into detail of it, it's a 15-minute conversation because I really have thought about it for a long time of what change is so hard. And the reason why change is so hard for most people is two factors. One one's own limiting beliefs. And the second one is the people they surround themselves with. And I know it's a cliche and I know it's like, it's said so often. And you know, Jim Rowan said it 
made it famous that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. But here's the thing. The Yoga Sutras and the Bhagavad Gita, specifically in the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of the original self-help books that Thoreau wrote about when he was in Walden Pond. He wrote about the Bhagavad Gita. And there's a commentary in, in, in Walden, I think it's either Walden Pond or one of his books, that he writes about the Bhagavad Gita. And so even in the Bhagavad Gita, which is a text on yoga, on specifically bhakti yoga, one of the texts talks about association, that it is important that you're conscious of the people you surround yourself with. So when you want to change, and you want to become something that you're not today, you, when you have this chance to grow as a person, the people around you, nine times out of ten, are going to try to tear you down. And it's not because they don't like you. It's because they're afraid that you are no longer either going to be friends with them anymore or you're pointing out their own insecurities. So like the easy example is maybe you're a little overweight or maybe after lose weight or run a marathon you have to have discipline. So you can't go out anymore during the week because you have to like get up in the morning and you have to do your exercise. You have to study and you're no longer hanging out with your friends. And so then what they do is they try to drag you down by saying things like, Oh, you're no fun anymore. Or let's go out to Buffalo wild wing wild wings one more time just for old time's sake. Or your spouse or your partner feels threatened because they're afraid that if you grow as a person, you're going to realize their own insecurities. And they're afraid that you're going to leave them. And that core fundamental belief of the people you surround yourself with is the reason why change is so hard. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to change, you have to first ask yourself two things. The first is you have to ask yourself, if I moved around the world to the other side of the world, would I still talk to these people in my life every day? Chances are no. So you have to recognize that if you want to change and you want to become something that you're not today, chances are most people in your life, your friends, are not going to be in your life when you get to the new destination. They're actually temporary friends. And you might have had for a long period of time, but they're still temporary. And the second thing you have to realize is there are certain people in life that are your permanent relationships or friends. And you have to develop appropriate boundaries around them. You can't always share with people your journey of growth because they're going to try to tear it down because it's going to threaten their own belief system. And these two factors are the major reason why change is so hard. It's the external factors they cause you to not believe in your ability to grow as a person. Yeah, and so you have to, once again, look inside and reprogram your beliefs in order to change with the acceptance that you might go through a period of loneliness and hardship to become a better person. Because any growth is a sacrifice. Any growth is, a, is, is, is going to take hardship to get there. And we have to recognize that. That that's a journey. That if we do the work, and if we're not happy today, and we're not happy where we're at today, 
we're not going to be happy during that period of growth and change because it's hard. But if we do the work and we work hard, maybe if we get to that place, we'll be, we'll be happy. So you might as well do it anyways, because you're not happy already. So who yeah. cares? Yeah. And just do it. Give up the, give up the good to get the great. And sometimes you've got right. to shake some of your friends and it's not that you, you have to, because I'm sure anyone has a place in your life, but just the level of influence they have on your decision-making uh, has to, has to be deprioritized so that you can go forth and conquer whatever goals you have set for yourself. I have 20 year old college friends that think I'm, that I still talk to. They think I'm weird. They call me the Sherpa as a way for them to relate to me. But I have boundaries around them so they don't like cause me to have self doubt. It's just they, they make fun of me as the weird yoga life coach guy who doesn't drink, who, you know, gets up in the morning and does yoga and meditate as a way for them to relate to me. And I understand that. And that's okay. I just don't see them all the time because my lifestyle choices are different. I don't go to, you know, homecoming anymore because all it is is a, is a drinking fest. And so I'll go to a football game like on a Saturday night one time as a way to connect with them. I just don't go to every football game anymore. Right. I have family members who I love, but if I talk to them about spirituality and yoga and living mindfully, it will make them uncomfortable. And so they'll try to tear it down. So I just don't share that part of my life with them. Yeah. I have appropriate boundaries. That's really good. That's really key. And it, it, it's the way that a person relates to you speaks less about you and more about their ability to comprehend and relate. So it's definitely uh, a, a guard or a boundary that, that's helpful to enforce. This has been a really good, exactly. yeah, this has been a, a really good conversation. And I, I hope that our listeners out there are checking you out on, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, on your website, which is your wellness And if anything that you took away from this show was helpful, definitely tweet us, uh, let us know on Facebook. And could you share that link for the free quiz again? yourwellnessyogi.com backslash life and coffee. That's yourwellnessyogi.com backslash life and coffee. Sweet. I uh, hope you all out there take and that it, test. Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. It should be up already. Uh, yeah, I made sure it was all ready while we were, right before we talked. And awesome. now's the time to pick up the phone and call me because I just hired this like marketing guru guy <laughs> who's like tearing into my brand and taking my business to the next level and I can feel the energy behind it. It's like really exciting. Like this guy's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm like, okay, cool. Go for it. <laughs> like he was having all these conversations with me about it. And I'm like, look, I'm good at life coaching. I'm good at spirituality and I'm good at health coaching. That's what I'm going to focus on. You focus on the marketing. Just tell me what you want to do. Give me the cost. If it's in budget, we'll do it. Don't, don't sell me on it. Just say, this is what you need to do. Go do, 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 do. I'll look at it. If I, and then we'll just go for it. Don't sell it. And he was like, what? I'm like, yeah, don't sell it. Just do it. <laughs> awesome. You know, focus on what you're good at. That's yeah. what I told him. And I'll focus on what I'm good at. That is another key business tip as well. Um, so as you promised at the front end, definitely dropped a lot of gems and, and wisdom nuggets for the audience today. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Joey, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. 
Um, and for those of you, thanks for tuning in to the Business Life and Coffee Show. And Michael, wish you all the best. And uh, we'll have to get you back on sometime soon. Joey, anytime I love talking to your audience, so please let me know and I'm happy to come back on and we can kind of like go into like what is yoga and spirituality? What does it mean to practice yoga? And that's like a whole hour conversation right there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll get that scheduled sometime soon. All right, my friend. All right. Great. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.